I'm almost done with uh, the V for Vendetta. I got up to the to the part where she where he tortures her. Ah. And I have some words, man. That's that torture so. stuff. I don't know how he's still the good guy after that. I don't know how more positions him as the good guy after that. And I don't know how she forgives him after all that. That confuses me to no end. That this that he says all this bullshit after the fact. Oh, I did this because of such and such. Because I love you. Because I love you. I, that's such a cop out. I, I, and she believes it. And that pisses me off that she believes that bullshit. After like how many months was it that she was being tortured? Like I think it was three to six months, something like yeah, that. Yeah, six months. Uh, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. Please, sir. Okay, so the way that I take it is, I'm gonna do a comparison to something that's that we talked about last week was like the whole thing about slavery. That inherently, there's a problem that you don't realize that you're enslaved. So the question is, like, is V a nice guy for doing that? No, but it's like if you beat a person to show that you're being oppressed and they're freed and they've lost the, the shackle because that's really what the, it is. You're shackled to fear. You're shackled to what other people teach you to do to not trust your enemies, to not think for yourself. If you're freed from that. And in the case of that, that you, you, you're not, like I said, you're not shackled. Like, um, it's like the allegory of the cave. She was stuck in the cave and all she could see were shadows. And it's like one V took her out and she's like in the rain and she actually understands like feelings and it looks different. Even though she's been through like rain and all this shit her whole life, she sees it for the first time as a free person, as a person that understands it's their decision. It's not that I went back to being afraid and I'm just walking through the rain. I'm a free being and I see it. And that's really what it is. I don't think V loves her in the context of what traditional love I'm is, sure obviously. Yeah. But it's like I love you as a human, as your as being as a person that has the right to be free, as a person that has a right to experience the world in the way that it really is. I love you intrinsically because of that. Like the the letter said, I don't, I never met you, but I love you. I kind of equate V to uh, Saw from the Saw movies. Jigsaw. Yeah, because appreciating life appreciating by kind of by something horrible happening to you, and you having this messiah complex of now I have to do it to everybody else so they can see what I see. You're not gonna oh, because I'm gonna spoil it if I say um what's gonna happen but the idea is that v is training her to do something that he can't okay intrinsically that he can't because of what he did already in the novel hmm. um and that's why he's having her experience all the shit that's going on because they said it like these like pretty much mimicking what he went through when he was in the prison like those letters were real those are the ones he received while he was in his cell and in, in cell five. So there's something about what he's doing that like you have to experience it in order to, like I said, it's very allegory of the cave. Like that. It's like you, you, you went back into the cave and you're showing the people, 
these aren't these are shadows these are shadows of being a free person these are shadows of thinking that you have thoughts and it's you don't and there's something that uh she has to do as a result of that hmm. i don't know i just feel like the the setup of her having a happy ending in the middle of the book where she's with what's his face me that, or uh, the, the other dude the uh. other dude yeah uh I forget what happens to him. He gets like, I think he gets stabbed through a door. door. That's yeah, the coolest. That's one of the coolest deaths I've ever seen. I've ever, you know, uh, right. read. Uh, I feel like he he doesn't he doesn't. There were other methods that could have been used instead of what he's of what he did. Like, okay, so the story of her is. She's with this dude now. Let's not talk about what happened in the beginning, but she's with the the new dude with the mug with this awesome stash. Uh, <laughs> she builds a life with him for how many months is she with him? A while. A minute, right? And he gets killed and whatever, and then V kidnaps her, right? Is that what happens? She's gonna go and try and kill the person I, that killed the dude, and V kidnaps her before she can get herself killed, pretty much. Right. So what was, do they? Does he ever have a reasoning for letting her live that life for so long, or is it because he just couldn't find her? I think if he could find her, uh, he pretty much knows everything that's going on in the city. Once again, that's going to be explained. But it's, um, he wanted her to experience like it's kind of like a step by step process. Like he gave her the quick image of what life is from his perspective. And then he sent her back to experience life as it would be in, like, the regime. I feel like if it was the beginning of the book, like, her from the very beginning, she would have just been the Dormouse and she would have just, like, let, um, what do you call it? She would have let her, her boob pretty much die and he, she'd be fine with it. The fact that she got angry and she was going to act kind of is, like, the next step and it's kind of like, these like, I need to stop her from doing something that's really mm. stupid and also would go counterproductive to what I want to occur. So he kidnaps her and then he forces her to go through the whole experience. I feel like the narrative is sound, like I understand what you're saying, but they they kind of it's over it, it overshadows like the micro experience that she's going through because her mental health must be shit at this point kind of like like i'm not done with it yet but i'm assuming like she's fucked up now okay she should be and i hope that that does happen and doesn't just revert back to like some average person by the she's end of not going to be an average person by okay. the end of the book. i'm i'm trying to think of a way i can put it okay so i'm going to say this the whole thing that he wants to do is he wants to start a revolution he wants to, like, topple the government. And what he's saying is that for a revolution to occur, there has to be both destruction and recreation or creation. And he's like, I'm one of those aspects, and she's the other aspect. Uh, and that's part of what it is. And it's also reflective of what's going on. Like, he needs her to experience the destruction that is V in order for her to be the creation that's after V. 
So that's part of the reason why I think he showed her this is to liberate her. And in a lot of ways, other people get liberated without having to go through that shit. But specifically for her to do what she's tasked with at the end of the book, she has to experience his story. Okay. But does she have to experience it so vividly? So, like, harshly? I, I think that's part of the, like, I, maybe not. But <laughs> I think, like, that's car- part of, like, what it is of, like, selling the story. I also think that that's kind of intrinsically the whole thing about, like, knowing me. Hmm. It's in, like, I'm also a sociopath. I'm also, I pretty much survived what was Auschwitz in that universe. And it's, um, yeah, that's who I am. And that she loves him. Not as, like, I would say romantically. Kind of romantically. Not really romantically. But as something else is kind of, like, what's really important. Do because they ever show his face? Of course not. For, well, we know it's a guy. We know it's a guy. Okay. Well, he never shows face. No. It's part of, like, the whole point that, like... Um, I'm trying to remember if it was in the movie or in the book. It's kind of cheesy. It was like, who is he? And then it's like, he's all of us. It's like, you don't need to see the face. There's something else that's important to be other than like his identity. Mm. So. Is it part of the narrative that all the women are extremely powerless in this universe? And are taken advantage of continuously? I feel like one of the <laughs> the big surprises is by the end of the book you think every you realize everybody is fucking powerless. Mm. Even like the big wigs in the government, they are not powerful at all there's a dude that bleeds out and his wife just leaves him on the floor and he's like oh pretty much fuck you and it's like that's what it comes down to when it reaches like the boiling point in the book it's like nobody in this city has any power um except for one or two people at the very end of it and it's like what makes you powerful isn't intrinsically your ability to move the entire country because really what's one person to an angry mob but it's like your power is in your individual choices and what you end up doing which is it's a very happy like idea but it's not like in the happy like i have the ability to move to move mountains in the normal context it's like i have the ability to move mountains because i don't allow myself to be destroyed i don't give up my last inch What happens to to the Commissioner Gordon of this universe like that dude? The dude that's, like, trying to figure out what... Yeah. Because I see him, like, as, uh, 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 what's his name? Um, Death Note, uh, uh, L, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see him as that in this universe. Does he he get his his due diligence? Like, does anything happen with him? Uh, Positively? There's a lot of... Up to where he gets his vacation time for punching... A big wig. Do you haven't gotten to the part when he starts taking drugs? Oh, no. Okay. He decides that the only way that he's going to find V, I'm not going to go too far into it, is to go experience things as what V is. So he goes to the prison camp where V is, and he takes LSD there. Man. To find out what he experienced and like how he views the world. Uh, long story short, the way I would put it is that he does kind of get his comeuppance. Like, he gets what he wanted, but he realizes that's not what he really wanted. Mm. 
So do they do anything with like the top dude? Because oh, you're gonna love what happens to the top dude. It's weird because I'm up to a part where he starts talking to the machine. He's in love with the machine, dude. Okay. He's like he wants to do the machine. Wow. He's thirsty for the machine. <laughs> Not even Thursday, he's fucking thirsty. Okay. Huh. And he he figures out a lot. The best way I can put it is, like, a lot of shit happens with him where he's also powerless. And yeah, he even seems powerless right now. Because he's just so enamored with his fucking machine. I also don't think it's a, a, a spoiler alert too much. I'm going to say he dies. Yeah, I but he's not going to die to the person that you think he's going to get killed by. It's going to be okay. by somebody that you're like, what? Is like a minor character in the book. Wow. A minor character. Like, you have, like, a little part with her. And there's another hand. It's a girl. Oh, is it the lady that, that her husband dies? And Not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. <laughs> but it's like, right. yeah, apparently nobody has power. Nobody has power. Okay. I know, I'm assuming that the world changes by the end of the book. Does it change for the better, or is it, like, up to you to, like parse through whether it's a better place. It's left kind of hanging, but it's implied that the world has the potential to be a better place. Like, it's right at the cusp of it, and it's really what V would do that will lead to whether or not the world is, like, redeemed or not. So V just wants freedom, right? He just wants for everything to be common knowledge in terms of what he wants government is. He wants freedom. He wants you to have the the choice to do good or bad things. Like, he's he realizes that there's going to be people who are going to do bad shit. But he feels like it, in, it's intrinsically important for you to have the decision, the choice, to make those bad or good decisions. So is he insane? Because I feel like he does a lot of vaudeville and a lot of... He loves... He loves theater. He's real sociopathic. Do they ever talk about whether or not he's insane? Why he's yeah, whether or not he's actually all there. I feel this is my personal interpretation. I think that he's crazy, but it's kind of like in the concept of Bloodborne that people are crazy, but it's like you're crazy because you come up with answers or thoughts that people don't have at that point like he seems eccentric and it's true but you have to realize that he's eccentric because he's cultured he understands things that other people don't you have a very drab boring life you have one voice for the nation that you have to listen to and when that person pretty much bites it everybody realize it's not even that it's like a replacement it's like that's not the same voice that we've grown up to like what the hell is going on He's like that that odd voice. He's like that mix. He's a person who listens to jazz. He knows about like religion and he knows about theater. And because of that, it's like nobody knows theater really. And it's like he's intelligent. He's really hyper intelligent. And he's sort of aware of that and he kind of peacocks that. So I don't think he's insane in the context of like I'm the Joker. It's more like I'm insane because I I will do anything that I have to to. Radical. He's like Batman. I was just and that, say, like that's he, the Batman, Batman do uh, to do anything, but in the concept of like fighting for anarchy, like the Joker would. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. 
because the only reason I say Batman is because he's also like apparently extremely gifted with a knife and close quarters combat and all that. Because and apparently extremely witty at when he's going to get caught and figuring like, out a way to like evade capture. Yeah, almost all too well. I understand he's he's not the protagonist, but like he's the he's one of the figures that it's supposed to imply that he's going to change whatever's going down in this universe. But is it supposed to feel ridiculous that he can do all this stuff by himself? I think that part of what it is is that he's experimented on, so there's certain parts of him that's superhuman. Hmm. But he's not superhuman in the context of, say, Batman. Uh, Batman, sorry, Superman. Oh, so, oh, okay, so it's like that idea of, in in martial arts, there's a specific, like, tear that happens in your, like, close to your Achilles heel, that if you tear it, it actually uh, heals back better. Like, three times strong. Yeah, kind of like the whole thing with bones, when you br break them, they get stronger. Like, I think he's experimented on, and he's, like, stronger as a result of that. And then I think he also educates himself really well. Mm. To the point, it's like, part of what I think it is is also since he thinks outside the box and everybody in that place has no capacity to think that way, the only person that comes close to him is the detective because he's willing to, like, I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to think like he does. He's the only person that's willing to go to the extreme that V does. And because of that, he can catch him. And um, Well, he's the only person that can do that by his own will instead of being goaded to do it like uh Evie was kind of yeah okay and because of that it's like he it, he's like once again he reaches the point where he can act good night amanda <laughs> he reaches the point where he is like he is re attainable he's not superhuman to the point that you can't associate with him he's like he's just pinnacle of what a human being can be. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I hope the story... It's, I don't want a bow. I don't want, a, like, a happy bow on it. I just want sort of the micro-experiences to be... To have an end. To have an end point. You know the Watchmen? How it's like, there's there's an ending, but isn't still... Mm. Like, things are going on. It's not like they live happily ever after. You get the same kind of ending in B. Okay. Yeah, I knew I was gonna get like some definitive and the world changed forever type of situation. I kind of figured. Because I think that, that that's too much BS in like most stories. It's like the world is happily ever after. I'm like, no. In most like Disney cartoons or in video games, like there's a civil war that will break out. There's famine from all the fighting that's going on. There's thousands of children left orphans in, like, cities or ghettos or whatever. And it's that's not the case in this. It's like, there's this is an isolated event in Britain, I believe. And it's like, you don't know what the hell's going on in the rest of the country. And that's kind of, like, what's left. It's like, you see the, the, the rest of the world. Like, you see outside the city and it's black. You don't know what the hell's going on anywhere else. Not really. And it's like, maybe this city will work out. Maybe it won't be so Nazi-ish as it once was. Mm. But for all we know, it might happen, and then they get invaded by another country. 
Okay. I had a question about... It's not the Velvet Room. What the fuck is that room called? Uh... Shit. The room that B's always in, uh... Uh... uh shit. Take your time. I'm sure you're gonna post at least this part up online. <laughs> you, we can edit this out and post. Why did I say Velvet Room? I think it's similar to that. Disco Room. No. There's a fucking disco ball in there. <laughs> I don't even think the word room is in the title of of, of his Batcave. Oh, this is going to kill me. You need to tell me what the name of this thing Let is. Let me see if I can... I think I know where my copy is, too, so I would have to, like... And it's such a weird thing to be stuck on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to feel so stupid when you tell me the name. Oh, it's right on the tip. Damn it. I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. I can't leave this house without knowing what the fuck the name of this <laughs> goddamn room is. The Shadow Gallery. The Shadow Gallery, the yeah. The fuck? That's the goddamn name? <laughs> wow, I was never gonna get that. It started from room. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Shadow so Gallery. So what were you gonna ask about the Shadow Gallery? Uh, <laughs> now you're uh, just hook- uh, You're just like, I... Just- I- Basking and yeah. finding the name of the place. Uh, yeah. Uh, how big is the shadow gallery? Because at some points it feels. Like it is huge. Okay. Let's say that there's something else in the in the shadow gallery that will be revealed at the end. That's like. Ooh. It explains why V can pop up anywhere, pretty much. Is it a subway? Wow, you're really good at fucking guessing these. Really? Things. He has a subway <laughs> down there. Nice. Okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, I figured they use Subway because they use it in the Watchmen as well. Look at all this owl dude has a whole Subway. Yeah, but yeah. B uses it better. That's okay. Does he get around just straight walking through the whole Subway? Through no, he actually has trains that run. Man, okay. Okay, yeah, wait, do, they don't have trains in, like, the hot, in the actual... City though, right? Because I don't remember any pages anybody using trains. I think for the most part nobody uses trains. Okay. I don't know if it's kind of like going down the route of like, uh, we're you don't need to go anywhere other than your job, so we don't need you to visit your grandma's house, or you know, since it go like it extends outside of like the city or whatever, we don't want you to leave. I don't think they ever really touch on it, but yeah, there's not really a use of it. But there's something that I did like, which is something that I've actually, that the idea I've actually had before I read the book was the idea of uh, this this all this thing that controls everything in parts. So like you have uh, the nose, the ear, whatever. All the different facets of the government. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that idea simply because I once had that same idea, but. My idea was, and I'll probably edit this out because I don't want anybody fucking stealing my idea. I'm probably going to use it someday. Was basically, so the idea was there's this place, there's uh, this world where God regenerates, but he picks people to be his body parts. So oh. you have people like the arm of God, the, the you know, God's love 
God's Eyes, and each of them would be like real influenced by anime. So if you have uh, a God's Arm, you have like a cool looking arm. Oh, okay. Or God's Eyes. Would, like, do they kind of did that in Dragon Age. Did they? Sort not entirely, but the idea that they later talk about in Inquisition is that uh, Liliana and uh, Cassandra are the left arm and the right arm. Man. Of the government, and, and the idea is that the right arm is Cassandra. She's the like the arm that you use with your sword, and Liliana is the spy slash assassin. So she's the left arm, the one that you don't pay attention to. Ah, okay. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different references to like seekers and watchers and like different body parts, but it's not like talked about as much as like you you're going into it. So I don't think you're stealing any ideas. All right. Using it. Good. Good. Maybe I'll use it. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I really like the idea of either a government or a, like a deity who looks over you but isn't entirely whole. Mm. Like it has separate parts doing separate things. I liked... I like it more when like groups or governments are named after what they do specifically. Or some concept. Like I loved in Drakengard, like the, the baby monsters that come out that they're called the Watchers. There's something about it that they just look at you, and you have to fear them just looking at you. That's really badass to me. Mm, okay. I've never played a Dragon Guard game. The only good one was the first one. Really? The first one was amazing. Um, I thought that I also covered a lot of topics that you really don't hear about. There's something about incest in it. Hey, now. Okay. Uh, what do you call it? Like, the whole concept is that you're supposed to protect your sister... And she's, like, kind of, like, a very high religious figure. And you find out by the end of it that your sister's in love with you. And when somebody calls her out on it, she commits suicide. And it causes, like, really bad shit to occur. Okay. Man. Maybe I should play (laughs) I think it was a really good game. Like, I don't think it aged as well. But I, I loved the game. There's also the part that there's a secret ending where you get thrown into the future and you get shot down by a, a fighter jet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sounds kind of dark. It's a dark game. Okay. You. Well, I'm assuming that has incest in it. Let's put it this way. In the game, the whole concept is that you can make packs with, like, spirits and dragons and shit, but you have to give up the most important thing to you. Hmm. So... The main character gave up his ability to speak, so his mark is on his tongue. There's a woman that joins you, and her children were murdered, and she makes a pact with a fire and a water spirit, and she gave up her ovaries. She gave up her ability to have kids. Big surprise, there's the kid that ends up saving the day, and what he gives up is his ability to age. Hmm. Because his whole thing is like he wants to be with the people around him. So if he can't die, he lost. It's actually the worst punishment he can go through. So it's really awesome. Okay. Really awesome. And all right, I guess I should find a way to play that. Because I've seen other Dragon Guard games, and they're... I played the second one, and I'm like... I saw that in the way that the third one looked. I'm like, I don't think I want to play Dragon Guard mm-hmm. 3. Isn't that the one with the lady who has a flower in her eye? Is yeah, that that's the one for 3. Really? After watching so many Metal Gear (laughs) fucking games, you're gonna say that's weird? Metal Gear is weird. 
Like, that's weirder than Silent Hill to me. And that's saying uh, a lot. I think Silent Hill is weirder. I think I think getting an ending where the dog is apparently the person that controls everything. But that's not the canon ending. That doesn't <laughs> you know, count. I mean... Okay, sure. But Silent Hill in itself is fucking, it's fucking weird. That it manifests, like, your darkest nightmares and makes them into, like... Yeah. I, I haven't played enough Silent Hill to understand the inner workings of the town, but... The I'm town assuming. shapes itself to mess with your mind in the most optimal way. Do they ever do some Stephen King shit and explain where the town comes from? No. It just randomly fucking pops up. Man. Okay. So you might be, like, in the middle. Like, I forgot which one it was that you're in an apartment building in the middle of the city and you're connected to Silent Hill still. Wow. It's not like even that you're in a, like, a, a ghost town or whatever. You're in the middle of a city and apparently the only people... All the people that could experience it, I think, are on the other floors, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Do they ever explain how you get into Silent Hill? No. It just happens? Mm, it, it, it's hard to explain, because I think it was in Silent Hill 2. Uh, Yahtzee says it's like the greatest game. It was either 2 or 3. But the concept is that the main character kind of wanted Silent Hill to occur to him as punishment for shit that happens with his wife. Mm. That's why in that Silent Hill, almost all the monsters are women. Like, hyper-sexualized women. Because there's something about his trauma with his wife that he's trying to work through. Okay. That's good. That's good, like, visual representation. That sounds... I think, I think out of all the horror games that I've played... I haven't played out of Silent Hill. I think that one does story better than any horror game I've ever played. Even Resident Evil. Because Resident Evil is... Resident Evil is like quirky. Movie. Yeah, it's like we're trying to make a movie. I think the only good Resident Evil I like was 3. Man, okay. I've never actually played any of the old Resident Evil. I'm trying to remember 3. was The one with Leon Kennedy. Was it 3? That was 2. 2. Okay, then 2. That was 2. It's been so long since I've played a Silent Hill game. <laughs> um... <laughs> So much that they actually made a good one. Because yeah. it's just like, I, I fall into the concept that I like horror games like Penumbra. I feel like I know that. Penumbra. Is that a... It's a PC game. I feel like I know that. It's the one where you don't that. actually, you can't fight back. It's like you're hiding. Okay, I think I know what you're talking uh, I Also, Silent Hill... I kind of, like, Bloodborne isn't a horror game, but the concept behind it that you're really, you're trying to survive is not even that you're trying to beat the ultimate evil. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like it when you're kind of, like, you're not capable of doing anything. Because that makes sense to me. If you can just take an enemy down with a chainsaw, I was like, oh, stupid. Just absolutely dumb. So, speaking of Bloodborne, you want to tell the folks where you've been in Bloodborne lately? Like, what's your progression been like? I mean, I don't even want to talk about it because I did my build. I decided, I the first time I beat Bloodborne, I did a strength build because if you play any of these games, you do strength because you can tank hits. So it it optimizes the number of fuck-ups that you can make in now, it. Now, is that based on like community findings or something that it's your personal play style? There's a lot of people that do that in the community as well, but they, they try and go with... Some healing, maybe, but, like, that you build up your hits so that you can learn patterns. 
and survive, hopefully. Okay. Um, there are other people that just do magic. In the case of Bloodborne Arcane builds, which I'm like, I don't get. I'd be too nervous since there aren't enough arcane weapons to rely on. My second playthrough, which I'm doing now, I'm doing a dex uh, skill build. So I'm using a lot of like high-speed weapons. What pisses me off Uh-oh. is that I've gotten to New Game Plus, and I'm starting to level up my other stats. I'm trying to get everything Wait, to... which one did you say Bloodborne... Was it Bloodborne or Dark Souls that has, like, ten New Game Pluses? Both of them. Okay. They both go up to, like, New Game Plus seven or nine. They get... The only super big difference in damage and everything is the first New Game Plus... The other ones are, like, minor, but seeing as how, like, you can survive, like, three or four hits on New Game Plus, an 8% increase or 10% increase is mm. pretty bad. Yeah. But, uh, what do you call it? Um, I did a skill build. I'm starting to level up my other stats that I don't need. I actually got my health to 50, my health to 51. I have... My dex to 50, my magic's at 48, because that's kind of the secondary stuff. I started to do Blood Tinge, and I decided to use the katana that uses blood. Mm. And it's fucking amazing, and okay. I'm so angry that I'm not optimized for using it. Ah, okay. But, um, yeah, I'm, that's my, my third weapon that I'm relying on. Because right now I'm just using the, the saber-dagger combo. Okay. Are you, the Rakuyo. Any other, like, overpowered stuff? I'm, my first playthrough was with power weapons, so I'm just doing something different. Alright. Yeah, man. I wish I loved the game as much as you love these, these Soul Series games. There's something about, like, that you have to work for your victory that I enjoy so much. Because even, like, games I really like, like Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy, it's like... Not quite as enjoyable when you beat, like, a boss. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why they have those, like, level one run-through challenges. To have that, that like, dopamine stuff happen. Or people that just do fist builds. Yeah. Wait, is there, can you do that in Bloodborne? Like, just go with close quarters fists? You could. It's very difficult in terms of, like, not having any weapons. But there is, in the case of the final boss for the DLC, you get something called the Cause Parasite. And you can equip it, and it scales with, um, Arcane. But it only really, it's optimized for if you wear, uh, if you use a rune that turns you into a tentacle monster. Okay. Yeah, really weird. But if you don't use the rune, it just uh, amplifies your fist punches. Does it, like, just in appearance alone, or, like, are you sluggish as a... You actually have better dodging when you're in the form. Like, the roll takes longer, so you have less space where you can get hit. Okay. That sounds weird. Just like a straight-up tentacle monster? You look like one of the... It's hard to explain what you look like. You kind of look like a, a piece of broccoli that's white. <laughs> and then you have tentacle arms. And, like, uh, the weapon makes, like, wide arc swings. So it has it's slow, but it also hits way wider than some of the other weapons in the game. Oh, wait, I've seen that. Kind of like a light bulb on your face. Kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I thought you meant, like, tentacle, like, straight up hentai tentacle monster. No, not that wrong. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, 
I'm horrible at transitions, but you want to talk about Deadpool and what you thought of it? Ah. Uh, <laughs> no, I like Deadpool a lot. I just wish Amanda was conscious enough to talk uh, about it. Oh, that's right. You guys were together, right? Yeah, we want to see it together, and I guess she's in a food coma right now, so uh, she can't really say anything. Yeah, we can skip it, though. I kind of want to hear from both of you. Ah, uh, okay. We can probably add something later, if... <laughs> Obviously not now, but ah. we can maybe Skype it later before we have to put this on. Alright. So what else? Oh, yes. Let me talk a bit about Street Fighter real quick. Oh, God. I've been waiting to hear about this I one. I know I'm not going to talk about it on my own. Man, I'm so disappointed. I had such high hopes for Street Fighter Five, And Capcom let me down, man. Like, just from the, the, the modes in that game to how bloated I wanted it to be and how like emaciated it is uh, it's fucking disgusting it's disgusting because I expect more from a product not even just because I like Capcom I expect more from a video game product like I I, I expect this to be like you know how a lot of people say Street Fighter 4 was like rejuvenated the entire fighting game scene Street Fighter 4 came in and like everybody Evo got Evo got big because of Street Fighter 4 and then to see just like its son come out and like it's like seeing an awesome actor get old and then his son is a fucking douche. Like Jaden Smith. Yeah, or like Magic Johnson's kid. <laughs> <laughs> like I had so many expectations. Like you put Armika into the game, like that means a lot, and then you put her into a shitty game. Don't get me wrong. The, the core mechanics are good. I just feel my my main complaint is more about how many characters it started off with. Mm. Like we haven't done an episode on DLC, but there's a point, especially in fighting games, you cannot have a like. I get the feeling that this DLC is going to like triple the roster at the way that it's looking, and that's bad application of DLC. That's very terrifyingly close to what happened to Dead or Alive, and I don't like yeah. seeing that. That's ridiculous. And that's very Capcom, because Capcom does that a lot. Like, I bought Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and eight of, I want to say eight of those characters are on the select, on the character select, and they're grayed out until you buy the DLC. That's disheartening when you see... Like, I'm not saying that it's it's... It's missing characters because I like the characters. I just feel like the roster is something that you would have seen like for a super Super Nintendo game, as opposed to like a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One game. It's not, it's not appropriate, not even remotely appropriate. It's it's disrespectful to me because it's coming out in 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 a landscape of fighting games that are doing stuff better. Like you look at Mortal Kombat Ten. Despite what you know, whatever your feelings are on Mortal Kombat, they did a very that good. That game did a great story, cinematic and shit. They upped the bar. You can't see that bar get upped and like walk across under the bar. Like you can't do that. And so when you see Mortal Kombat's like uh, uh, animated stuff happening, and then you come to Street Fighter Five by Capcom, who's supposed to be one of the leaders of fucking fighting games, and they have stills for their story mode. Like, it was fucking arcade cabinet. That shit doesn't fly. Like, this is Street Fighter. 
that name carries some sort of responsibility. This is not fucking, like, uh, uh, I feel like what you're trying to... Maybe I'm going to be completely wrong. But I feel like that the most fighting games are broken down into two different categories. There's the Marvel vs. Capcom category, where there's they do, like, stills. But it's because that's that's not the point of it. You don't play that type of game for the storyline. You play it because you're going to run tournaments or whatever. Yeah. Or you're going to learn your team and you just want to see what be- it's the best combination. And then there's other fighting games, kind of like... Even Mortal Kombat, where there is storyline, and it might be, it might be, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid Five yeah, level storyline. Like cheese story. But it like you you put an effort into it exactly. to make it worthwhile, effort. and more. And uh, what do you call it? Street Fighter Five ends up being in the middle of them, not being decisive in what it wants to be. Yep, and it shows no effort. I I feel like I've seen enough people say. That Street Fighters is bare bones, and I agree. I feel like it—it it came out next to fucking giants. When it itself is supposed to be a giant, and it just came out with a whimper. I feel like what it is is more like they—they they looked at the formula that happened in Street Fighter Four, and they—they they were leaning more towards like, I'd say the tournament build for Street Fighter Four, and they ended up building on it. They added way more characters. And I kind of accept that for Street Fighter 4, that they did multiple versions of it. Mm-hmm. More because it's like they were building on They were polishing on it. Polishing it. And they were contributing to it. They were making other styles or skills or whatever. Or even costumes or characters that contributed to using it in tournaments. And what they felt like is like, well, we want to take the... And we want to pull this game out now. So we're just going to do... We're going to use the polishing aspect to make that core gameplay that we're going to have later on, rather than wait on it. Uh, I want to talk about the characters a little bit. Uh, here we go. You're going to bring up, what was it, Fang? F-A-N-G, whatever the... The poison-throwing motherfucker that, like, (laughs) Hadoukens can go through. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot about him, but I think his design is stupid. And he sounds stupid. And he's... (laughs) <laughs> he's stupid, pretty much. I feel like he's a character that... Okay, so in one of the stages, it's the four bosses, like four statues. It's Bison, Vega, uh, Balrog, and Sagat. And I forgot what it was, but if you, if you do something to the stage, it becomes all three of those, three of them minus Sagat, plus Fang or Fong or whatever the fuck you say that name. Which is an acronym for something that they never explain what it is. It's F-A-N-G... But they don't ever tell you what what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a fucking statue. And the dude that you've never seen in your life. But apparently he did be. something in the time frame that made yeah. him a big figure. Apparently, right. Even though the the core four people are what? They've been in the game for over a decade now? Yep. yep. And I think, here's the thing. I think I've, I've made, I've had, I have the problem of reading the graphic novels. So I expect a lot from the story, which I know they're not going to give That's not going to happen. Like, you look at Sagat, and in the novels, this man is... He went from being evil to, like, now he's... Honorable. ...of his people. Like, he's, like, Gandhi to them, and he's fucking built. And in the games, he's still stuck in 1990s Sagat of... I'm part of this team. Evil organization. Yeah. And I feel that way about Ken as well. Ken, 
has two things. He has his wife, and he has the fact that he's a billionaire playboy. Pretty much. And that never changes. In the novels, this man has a son, and I think he, they do say he has a son in the game. This man beats Ryu, gets stronger than Ryu, and that's the reason why Ryu finds his like inner chakra or some shit, where he can control the dark Pado and like overcome a lot of shit that happens to him. And in the game, it's like, no, you're still stuck as a billionaire playboy forever. Like, like he's the wingman yeah. rather than like a main character. And I feel like even in his character design, it doesn't evolve. Like I'd love it if he stopped. He started wearing things that more, more nuanced stuff that kind of called out to to his story. Like he has a son. All right, how about you give him a fucking necklace that says "Go Dad" or something. How about you give him a Rather glove? than just, like, an alternate colored arena. Yeah, right? Much. Why don't you just give him, like, I don't know, like, gloves that say you're awesome dad, or, or, or give him, give him like, a bracelet that Eliza Like, gave. gloves that were obviously worn out, but he won't throw them away because his son right. did something yeah. with them. Okay. Give, give your characters uh, uh, attire. Let that be part of the story. Like, the last thing that I remember that actually did that was reuse Red Headband. Which is given to him by Ken. And that's the last thing that they've ever done. And it disappoints me that it doesn't they don't do that more. Because they're not doing it with the story. So I'd appreciate it if they did that with at least the clothing. And sure, like whatever the fucking the bearded Ryu is a step up. But I don't even think that's like a step up. Yeah, sure. I kinda like this clean shaven look myself, but one of the things that I liked about King of Fighters is that the characters change, not just in terms of, like, the way that they look, but also their fighting styles. Like, their fighting styles evolve as it progresses. Mm. Like, some dude goes from throwing fireballs to actually throwing, like, air pressure. He doesn't even use his key. Okay. And as a result, his attacks are, like, different. And you don't see that in most Street Fighter games. Like, I know that they have, like, supers and everything else, and that's, like, an enhanced version, but I don't count that as, like, a core, like, change in how the character mm-hmm. fights. You learned how to throw a bigger fireball. Why don't you refine your weaker fireballs to do something else? Yeah. Like, that's one of the things that I liked with, um, what do you call him? Doslam. He use he has an alternate app, app the application to how he uses his fire. Mm-hmm. It actually changes how you would use him in comparison to other fighting games. Yeah. But more than that, it's he changed as a character. He improved himself, and it's odd that the pacifist in the whole group is the one that actually improved his fighting style. <laughs> so I don't get that in the game. Yeah, yeah. I I look at it this way. I want them to do what they did with someone like Jin from Tekken. In Tekken three, he was basically a copy of Kazuya. And in Tekken 4, they completely revamped his move list. And not only did they revamp it, they gave him a storyline that gave you a reason why he's changed. He's like, I hate my fucking family. I'm going to go off to this separate karate school and I'm going to learn, like, pure karate. And he comes back and he has a different move style and it works. And I feel like they need to do that. I'm not saying they need to change uh, completely what other characters do. But yeah, like you said, they need to sort of make them feel like They've refined, like they haven't just been stagnant, which is what they what it feels like. Because obviously time passed, 
And I think one of the problems why they don't evolve is because they fuck themselves over, they fuck themselves over with the timeline. Because I want to say that Street Fighter Third Strike technically comes after every Street Fighter that's ever been. Mm-hmm. So Street Fighter Five still technically happens before Street Fighter Third, Third Strike, Strike, even though there are new characters. In yeah. It. So I. I, I also think. think part of what it is is that. How could I put it? I feel like we brought this up during the fighting games episode, is that there are archetypes in fighting games, and they're afraid of moving characters out of that archetype. Mm. They only really, once again, they only really did that with, I would say, Dostling in the game. Um, they made him way deadlier in a corner fight, and they make him, you want to get close with him because he's going to wreck you even more in close range. Mm. And they don't do that with Ryu. Ryu is st- like Ryu, Ken, and Akuma is kind of like that whole principle that Ryu's the strong one, Ken's the fast one, and Akuma is the like the middle ground where he's better than both of them in both aspects. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen enough gameplay in five, but I'm pretty sure that Ryu and Ken still have that formula. Or am I wrong? Uh, Ryu still. So they did something weird with Ken where like they tried to make him extremely different, but. So, okay, so Ryu is still, uh, come at me and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna kind of do what I need to do to beat you when you're up close, and Ken is more of, I'm coming to you. But, that's just Ryu. So, Ryu's an in-fighter, and Ken's still like a rush. Yeah, Ken's still rush, rush, really rush heavy. Uh, I feel like Capcom doesn't understand what black people are. Because every time they make a black or any sort of ethnic person, they're a fucking joke. Really? Bernie, I thought Dudley was pretty badass. You know what, Dudley? Yeah, that's the Dudley's only pretty fucking badass. I love Dudley. They do Dudley justice. Balrog's another story. Balrog is horrible. Yeah, Balrog, man. But you look at Birdie. Like, he... Birdie is one of those people where he looked cool in Alpha. The original, and then they kind of fucked him up. And in this I don't know what they did. They... You know what it is, and this is like a really stupid idea, but there's something about Birdie being obese and he's still wearing skinny jeans that I can't take you serious. Like, even if he's wearing, like, loose clothing, like, more loose, it would be fine. Because Hugo's kind of like that, and Hugo, you would not want to fuck with Hugo. I would take a shot at Birdie. I'd get my ass kicked, but I'd be willing to fight Birdie over Hugo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know, it's it's weird because... You look at a lot of stories in Street Fighter, like separate stories, and they're like deep and and, and real, like character focused. And then you look at all the black characters, and you have DJ, who's ah boom, <laughs> and you have Birdie, whose entire story arc is just comedy. Elena. And you have Elena. Elena's all right, but she's. I feel like I haven't, I haven't played enough of Third Strike to understand what Elena's role is. Uh, and even then, like, she's grossly underprepared. I feel like for someone that tall, she does not have the range that she's supposed to have yeah. in a fighting game. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, what do you call it? That would have been an interesting concept that for Elena is like the balance. You don't want them too close or too far. Mm. And that if they're mid-range, you actually do more damage in comparison to short range. That would be okay. an interesting idea. Yeah. Or that she has an amazing overhead. I don't know which one I would perform more. But going back on the list, there's Sean. 
And Sean, he's a fucking joke character, man. Come on. <laughs> the two-armed shorter you can. Fuck out of here, man. And here's the thing. Even Laura, who's kind of Brazilian, so she's technically not black. <laughs> he's just Hispanic, dude. Kind of. <laughs> uh, I still don't know how you count Brazilian people. <laughs> she ends up in her storyline, in her story in Street Fighter Five, hanging out with Sean. Like, it feels like every ethnic person has a comedy bit, and they're all on one side, and then you have all these other characters who are kind of either white or Japanese who have these deep stories, and it... Blanca Dan Sakura? Alright, Sakura, sure. But Dan is, is an exception because he was always a joke character. He was Blanca? always SMK. Ah! <laughs> maybe after he started... Messing around with like hanging out with Dan, sure. But Sakura, I don't think she's a cop. She's like the butt of any joke. Like Sakura. But I'm saying like those up. people hang out with each other. Yeah, Canonically, yeah. they like they hang yeah, out all the damn time. Sure. Yeah. Like Sakura is actually really good. I liked her in uh, what do you call it, Marvel vs. Capcom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wasn't in my team, but I thought she was actually pretty good. <laughs> all right. Uh, I I know a lot of people talked about. Like the censorship of the Armika thing, and I, I have, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn because on one end, like it makes sense why that camera angle is like that. Like, you know how people in wrestling kind of like cr- uh, uh, run their thumb across their neck to like signify like I'm gonna get you, mm-hmm. and like that's her thing. She slaps her ass and goes, "That's going in your face," because that's her move. That's what it does. Uh, and kind of putting the camera upwards and not showing that kind of it messes up the whole point of her doing the slap because she's a showman, so yeah. it's kind of like that's her character. Yeah, I mean, and she's also like extremely like fan servicing. She's always been that way. Uh, her fucking outfit. Can we talk about the outfits <laughs> that these women are wearing? Because holy shit, man. Okay, here's the thing. I wouldn't care so much about the outfits if the camera angles weren't so gender-based. Because I've noticed this a lot. If you look at all the male characters, the camera's usually either face height or high. And for women, to show that they have, like, fat-ass legs or something... It's low. It's either super low or, like, from the back. And it's real weird when you see that with... Armika, when you see that with Cammy, who's Cammy supposed to be like a real like badass? She's an assassin, dude. Yeah, and like she's getting butt shots everywhere, and like for her fucking wind pose is her turning around and like modeling and showing her ass. Like I don't, I don't understand it, and I don't understand how Laura. The first thing you see in her like intro is her chaps, is her fucking like pants <laughs> with holes cut out of it. Assless chapsticks. <laughs> we can use the word. We can use the word. We're adults, I don't know, man. man. Like, I don't want to be like a fucking uh, justice warrior, but like, if you notice it... There should, should be a middle should, ground. Yeah. Like, I understand that sexuality exists in these games, but like, to have it so blatant and so... And then for Capcom to say, oh, what are you talking about? That's... We're not doing that. You know what they need to do to prove that they're not doing it? They need to do, like, the butt shots that you're talking about, but use it with, what do you call it, Urian? <laughs> yeah, 
Look at Yuri. He's half naked, and they don't do that shit with him. He, he just looks cool. Eh, he doesn't look cool, but... He looks like he could kick your ass pretty much. Yes, he does. And even Gil. Like, they both look... They're both wearing pampers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and they make him look cool. And I don't know why they can't do that with female characters. Like, have you seen the, the alternate costume for Chun-Li, that black dress? No, I haven't seen the alternate Man, costume. Man, that black dress. Like, it leaves nothing to the imagination. And she's supposed to be, like, a really strong, like, female character. She's from Interpol. Let's put Interpol. it that way. Right? Like, I understand that you sexuality, like, you know, you want to sexualize your character, that's fine. But, like, that dress, man, that dress is just, like, leaves nothing. Like, that dress might as well just be, like, an Adam and Eve, like, leaf on the vagina and, and the breasts. Like, that's how that dress looks to me. Especially because she has such fucking huge legs. And the dress has, like, physics at the bottom. So they're trying to pretty much solid through yeah. that, yeah. I don't know, man. I hate to be, like, this whole uh, feminism, you know, pro-feminist, but it's not even feminism. Like, I see these things happen, and, and people are acting like they don't exist. I get it, because a lot of, that's something that a lot of Mortal Kombat games did until the most recent one, when they actually added, like, armored clothing for the female characters, mm -hmm. which kind of makes sense. Uh, King of Fighters, have they ever really had a big issue with that? Because I know that they kind of do, it's more, like, sprite-based, Yeah. but Mai's kind of like, yeah. I know what type of audience she's gathering, like, I understand that. And they don't even shy away from it, they're... That's what I want. I want you to not shy away from me. If you're going to do it, don't pretend that it's not there. My, somebody animated those fucking breasts. Somebody fucking spent the time to animate those breasts. But the thing is, I like, though, is that my, like you said, is kind of like the exception in that game, even in particular, because most of the other women don't do that. And it's kind of from, like, Mai's personality that you get that she kind of uses that to her advantage. Mm. So it's not like a sex sells thing. It's more like that's my personality, and I use I use it. I exploit that shit as much as I can. Um, like even what do you call it? Sophie T and Cassandra from Soul Calibur ah. with the ass shots, but they have like skirts on, and it's like okay, that's not that's not too bad. <laughs> that's acceptable unless she does unless Sophie Tia does grapples, because then it's kind of stupid. That's yeah. really bad. Yeah, I think I think for the Soul Calibur series, uh, I I uh, they fall into that category yeah, where they hypersexualize. Where their breasts so. get huge every, like even the marketing for a four, I think, or maybe it was five. One of the cultures was just her, her tits. It's like a player game. That's basically. It. Hmm. And then one of them to be like equal to the other gender was Valdo and a picture of his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that Volmo's their go-to, man. That's great to know. Absolutely fantastic. I don't know. I, I feel like even Soul Calibur, I kind of gets away with it because I have a thing for Taki, but... <laughs> like, That's not a good justification, it's not, bro. It's not, it's not, it's not, not a good justification. It's not. Uh... I'm apparently I'm the only person that's wholesome in that game because I like Siegfried. I think he's badass. Yes, he is. He is. I actually modeled my Dark Souls two character after Siegfried. I've always dug the idea of casual shirt and like fucking greaves. That's always or in Nightmare's case, no shirt at all and greaves. I like the 
like this is going off topic. I love Siegfried because he was the first person that I ever played in a game that has multiple stances, and I used all of them. Nice. And my friend, I like I wasn't great in the game, but I knew Siegfried really well, and they just got pissed off whenever it's like. I would switch from a stance to a drop kick, and I would bring out people. Mm. Like I wouldn't. That was my go-to move. I knock you into the air, and you were in the corner. You're you're screwed. Then you're not getting away from that combination. I Siegfried because he he is the story of that game. He basically he's the canonical. Like, he won the first battle. Yeah. He killed his father, yeah. and he seeks redemption throughout the rest of the games. And it, like it's implied that he doesn't succeed often since there are multiple multiple like sequels yeah. and that's cool because it's like i'm i don't forgive myself yet i've never forgiven myself mm-hmm. by the way very good job for sophie tia surviving but pretty much getting mutilated in the fur in the second <laughs> game nice yeah i think siegfried i think i like his radical change in, in character design from being, being a selfish like, like boy like armor dudes just like a fucking badass and like his voice changes and gets all gruffy. I really like that character. Yeah, I think he's the only person that really drastically changes in that game. Pretty much. Yeah. And maybe what's his face? Uh what's the dude with the rapiers? Uh Raphael. Raphael and his old vampire thing. But even then like, I like really Raphael too. He was like he's the the next character I like, which is the most opposite dude. Like the mm-hmm. fastest person, shortest range, and my favorite's the slow dude with the Fucking ridiculous range. I still don't understand the like the political underpinnings of that universe because he's a prince, right? He's some sort of monarch. Who? Which uh, one? Raphael. I feel like he might be. And he has a Lolita for a sister. Like he kidnapped, sort of. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, this is a world where like Mitsurugi learns how to deflect bullets after getting shot in the first game. Yeah. So really, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Valdo's like a blind psychopath that they locked in a tomb, and he didn't die for what reason? Yeah, I still don't understand his whole thing. That's one of the characters where I'm just like, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough when I was playing the games. Like, is he, is he like a zombie? I don't know. I know he was like a, like a first mate of some captain. But other he than was that, a guard of like a like a rich like merchant prince in Venice, I think. Was. Do they ever uh, explain why he dresses the way he dresses? Why he's like all bondage? I don't think they ever explained it. I think that they just got the whole gimmick. He's a weirdo. Okay. Uh, hey, it makes. He looks like that game is weird. Like really, the big rival. Like there were a couple of rivalries, but Maxi versus Astaroth was like one of the big ones. The dude with two sticks up against the guy with a giant axe that could probably eat a cow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was weird. I remember back in the day where Maxi was, like, everybody's go-to. I hate... Like, I don't like Maxi. I like Keelik way more than I like Maxi. Yeah. I feel like Maxi... They don't do a lot with him. I feel like he's... I want to say he's arrogant, but I haven't played enough Soul Calibur... He is arrogant, but at the same time, it's, like, more like, I'm angry. Hmm. Okay. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. He kind of is like Raphael from the Ninja Turtles. Okay. I, that would probably be the closest. Like, he's very conceited, but he's hyper-aggressive. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, he's the Eddie Gordo of that of that world, <laughs> where just two buttons does everything for him. Oh god. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my rant on Street Fighter. Uh, that bled into like and every other every like other mainstream <laughs> fighting game that has come out. We haven't touched Dragon Ball Z, but I guess that'll be touched on another episode. Yeah, those games are good. Uh, Budokai 3 was the first game I ever bought with my own money. Uh, and I played that shit for like months. Fucking amazing. Wonderful. Really good. Damn. Damn, I feel like I want to go... Shit. I feel like I want to go play that now. Damn. <laughs> Have you played Xenoverse yet? I was gonna buy for PS3, but I know that if I do, I'm gonna eventually buy for PS4 when I get a PS4. Dude, just play it on my system. I have it. I feel like I need to. If I play it here, I'm gonna be here for like years. I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be recording for that long, so. <laughs> yeah, I just want a good Dragon Ball Z game, and I've heard Xenoverse is a good Dragon Ball Z game. But I don't wanna buy it. The version that's not as good. Mm. I think that Xenoverse was really good. It, it kind of com- Oh god, we're actually talking about the Dragon Ball Z today. There you go. But what a guess. Um, <laughs> there's something about Budokai that I liked that I think is still better than Xenoverse, but it kind of combined what they did with um. I forgot the Wii version of Dragon Ball Z. Tenkaichi. Uh, ult- no, it's not. Is it Ultimate Tenkaichi? I think it might be. Like, they, they combine the movement range in that game with, like, the traditional Budokai, like, moves and, like, techniques. So it's actually really good. Hmm. I also like the idea that you can make your own Namekian slash whatever other species they have right now. Awesome. Just awesome. That's been the thing forever, right? You want to make your own Dragon Ball Z character. How's the story in that? Is it any good? It makes sense in the context of, like, why you can go back in time. It also makes sense because this is it's kind of based off of the principle behind the online RPG that they have in Japan that they fucking need to bring to America. That you're part of, like, an organization that Trunks created for people who go back in time to mm. deal with, like, discrepancies. So there's crap going on in the timeline that makes it, like, for some reason, the Cybermen can actually be Goku, so you need to back them up. Uh, okay. And it's like, you don't change history, it's more like you somehow make what's supposed to happen go on. So Raditz becomes more powerful, so it's a three-on-one fight to beat him, and okay. he's still weakened enough that, he's weakened to the point that Goku could actually hold him down and whatever. I think that's what, that's what everybody wanted, was the whole idea of what ifs. And what if Frieza had another form? Well, we hope he does in another movie. In a crappy movie. <laughs> you know, what if Nappa went Super Saiyan? What would happen to his mustache, you know? Like, I don't know if that happens. In the, that's I do remember that being a question that was yeah. brought up, yeah. <laughs> like, I love it when... And this is this is something that only happens in Dragon Ball Z for me. When what ifs exist and they're actually good, but... What if uh, Broly turned Super Saiyan 3? Or what if, uh, I don't know, Raditz turned Super Saiyan? Would that mean that he automatically go Super Saiyan 3 since he has such long, long hair? hair? Like, you know, like all these awesome questions. Speaking of anime, man, I've always wanted a good, I don't know if I've told you this before, I've always wanted a good Trigun game. I think a lot of people wanted a good yeah. Trigun game. 
They never did, never came close. I heard that they were gonna make an uh, an online RPG for Trigun too, but really? it got it, but it got canceled. Damn. Okay. Like there's like a good handful of games that are just never gonna be made because that anime isn't popular anymore. But like Trigun is really one of them. Uh, how about Bebop? I know they made like a PS2 game, but I don't think it ever came here. I know they made the Samurai Shampoo one. I heard that one was tripe, though. Yeah. It was... A, yeah, it was. But yeah, there's like this core, I'd say, seven or eight games that I really wanted a game out of. Like, uh, what, did, what was it that I played? I played the Tenchi Muyo game for Super Nintendo the other day. I didn't even know they had a Tenchi Muyo. Yeah. And Are we talking about an RPG? Because I, I heard of our... Okay, yeah, I... I know that one. I never. So I've seen, I seen it on YouTube. Oh, I've seen it on it's YouTube. So good. Oh, you gotta play it, man. It's so good. Oh, it has this fan service you want. Oh, the graphics look great. Oh, the gameplay is actually good. Oh, I just want that. I just want that as a, like a PS4 game. Like I need that in my life. I just want like game. Like they made a Robotech game for Xbox, which is pretty good. They never touched it ever again, wow. which depresses the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, there's so many. Like, if they ever did one for Tokyo Ghoul, I would mm. like to see how that one would be. That looks like something you would need to do, like, an online one for, though. Okay. But, uh, I don't like playing online RPGs. I don't. But I'd, I'd take a shot for that one. Yeah, really? I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I think about other animes that I'd like to see game out of. What else? Yu Yu Hakusho. They've done a couple of Yu Yu Hakusho yeah. shows. They've done Sailor Moon. They've done a lot of Sailor Moon games. Uh, Every time I think of think of Toonami, I think of Blue Gender for some reason. And I've only 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 watched one episode of Blue Gender. I've never seen anything like that. Man, it was fucking. Horrific. What's that? Uh, what's that one? It has a, a, a an equivalent of Goku in it. Uh, he has a staff. Reader, reader die. I want to say is the name of it. Reader die was the one with. Wasn't that the one with the chick that can manipulate like paper? Yeah, yeah. I watched. Did they make a a series out of it? It was a series. And I think they made a movie. Either uh, a movie or an OVA. I think I, I think watched it was the a, OVA. Okay. I watched the OVA and then I never watched the series. And I loved that movie. I don't remember what happens in the movie. There was a part when she cuts like a uh, what do you call it? A tank open and it poured like one nitrogen on a person. I'm like, oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal as hell. Nice, nice, yeah. I don't like whatever they're doing with the Ghost in the Shell. That stupid. Thing. I hate Ghost in the Shell so much. Like, yeah. you would think after all, like, the, how much I talk about philosophy in comic books that I would like Ghost in the Shell. I don't get the philosophy behind Ghost in the Shell. Mm. I don't like it. It drives me nuts. Really? Uh, that should be a topic of discussion then one day. Because we're jumping into, like, 20 different things. So I don't want to jump into that in as well, but... The scary thing about that, though, is I'd probably have to watch it before Man. we record... And then I would be even more terrified. I'd be like, I like this now. It's been eight years, and I don't know if it's just that I've, I've gotten older. I've got gray hairs now, so I get it. I don't. 
But that would be weird going into the conversation thinking, oh, Johnny's going to hate the shit out of this. And then it's like, no, it's awesome now. Is it ever explained why she has a one-piece swimsuit and high socks? And I mean, she's a robot. Jacket. What difference does it make? Oh, I didn't know she was a like, full-on robot. She was like a full... Like an android... Like, one of the things that the, I think they debate is, like, that you don't even know if it's a woman or a man. It might be a man's mind and a woman's robotic body. So. Okay. I just feel like that's not, like, she's getting shot over. She's going into places with everybody has a lot of guns. I assume she'd have some sort of protection. I think it's just, like, she's, like, made out of metal, so really she's not in too much danger. Yeah. And there's also, what were they called, Tachibanas, the, the robot tank blue things that argue <laughs> philosophy with the chick and that confuses her so they get away. Like, it's that it's bad enough that I remember that, but I'm like, <laughs> what's, the, what's the point of this? Yeah, a lot of people like Ghost in the Shell. I think I've only seen like five episodes total. Um, me and my cousins actually have bonded over wow. how much we hate Ghost in the Shell. Okay. We would sit down in an episode and complain about the episode, not even nice. watching it. Nice. It's something you'd expect like a 70-year-old to do or something. Alright. I'm trying to think of any other animes that, that would warrant a good game. Blue Submarine number 6? Never seen it. That was just like a four-part series. Really fucking good. Like, once again, post-apocalyptic world, like massive tides have destroyed the city and they're trying to go to like the main base where they think that the a tide is going to they built a weapon to cause an even bigger tide and wipe out humanity mm, okay what about gun x sword never saw gun x sword i've heard people talk about how amazing it is though i haven't seen any of the current stuff and i know i should I, how do you say how do you how do you pronounce it is it gurren Lagan or gurren Goron Logan. Okay. I've seen it. Really good. To... Every It has everything that you would like in a mech anime, pretty much. Okay. I feel like I want to watch Kill la Kill, but from what you've talked about, probably not. Kill la Kill isn't bad, it's just it's not my personal taste. Okay. It's very um, flamboyant <laughs> in how characters are portrayed. There's a group, I remember my cousin was explaining it to me, and they're like, there's a, the Elite Four, and I'm like, they have Pokemon trainers in <laughs> in this? It's like, no, it's a group of, like, super, like, high school student soldiers, and they like being naked now. So a dude runs, he's, like, huge, he's, like, maybe the height of three of us, okay. and he has, like, a giant Gatling gun, and he's, like, walking around in his birthday suit. Nice. Okay. How about Sword Art? I, mean, I Sword actually Art. Sword Art Online, pretty good. Okay. Uh, a lot of people complain about the the second season. Haven't gotten to it. I heard that once again has a, a, the whole thing about incest, no. as is the trope in Japan. Yeah. I'm gonna go real old school on you. How do you feel about Maho Sensei Mijima? Oh, Ken Akamatsu. <laughs> I love Ken Akamatsu so goddamn much. <laughs> This is one of the people that I've, like, I didn't even know who wrote Najima when it first came out. I saw it, and I'm like, that's Ken Akamatsu, right off the bat. I knew his art style, because I read the hell out of Love Hina, 
Okay. And I got AI Love You, which was like the first one that was published in America, I think. I liked it. And they're making a sequel to Naho Sensei now, so. Nice. Okay. Way darker, by the way. Mm. And this is coming from an, uh, the manga where the main character got to, gets his arm cut off. Okay. What else? I had a thought. As a side note, he has one of the cool. In the sequel, he has one of the coolest weapons. It's a sword that multiplies its own weight. So he he ends up multiplying the sword by like a thousand times its own weight and throws it. Nice. Man. Uh, How do you feel about... Shit, what's the name of that? Kitty Grade. Never saw it. Me neither. I don't... I've seen it like on like Hulu or something. I'm like, uh, no. I have other things I'd rather watch. Like Overlord. Oh Lord! Is that the one where the where? No, no, that's the uh, MMORPG. Which one is is the one that I'm thinking of? The Devil working at McDonald's. Uh, The Devil is a part timer. Wow, really? It's just called The Devil is a part timer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that seems like a fun show. It's actually about. pretty interesting. The, the lot of the premise. There's also um. One of the things that I like that they they really only barely touched on in like the first manga, mind you, there's multiple volumes that already came out, is that they the main character, the devil, and the person that the hero that went to slay him, can't use their magic in the world that they escape to mm-hmm. or that they're in. But there's exceptions. If there's a lot of negative emotions and despair, the devil can use his powers. And if there's a lot of hope and love. In an area, then the, the hero can use his her powers. So, really weird. Hmm. Okay. So let me throw one last thing at you. How do you feel about Chobits? Chobits. I'm not a big fan of Clamp. In general. But I think that that might have been the only exception hmm. to that rule. Mostly because I think that it has a relatively good view on love kind of even though it's very wishy-washy but it's it's tolerable in comparison to say something like subasa or, or card captors because because fuck card captors <laughs> Man. yeah yeah you forgot that existed didn't you uh. Oh. That was like that came out because Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon came out at the time. It's not even because it like contributed to anything really. Was that the first like magical girl type of thing? That I remember no. Sailor Moon's magical ah, girl. Ah yes, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon was the first one. I think that's like a close second. Man, I'm just remembering fucking Hamtaro. Ah boom boom. That was a, like a show that me and my my best friend would watch, and we would shit talk about. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, I've fallen off of anime. And I'm just, I should, but I just don't have the time to like watch it. Like, I got so much enjoyment out of watching anime. Like, I always, I always just well back in my day, Hulu and stuff like this weren't weren't so prevalent, so you had to go on the old torrent sites. Do what you had to do, <laughs> but dude, I would like torrent. Now it's like you have to be very selective about yeah. what you want. Like the last thing I really remember that I watched without like worrying 
was Full Metal Alchemist. Man, okay. And then after that, it's like, I have to be very selective. So it's like Attack on Titan and things like that. But it's like, it's gotten to, like, it, anime hasn't become mainstream, but it is mainstream, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Pokemon shouldn't get the, the, the fan base it, it has. It doesn't deserve that hand. <laughs> I do think the animated series needs to, like, just roll over and die. I, I realize the animated series exists because the games exist. I do think the games are worth it, though. Hmm. Okay. They aren't my favorite games for that Nintendo, like, churns out almost yearly. That would be Fire Emblem, but, mm. yeah. Really? Fire okay. Emblem is way better to be than Pokemon. I feel like... Here's the thing. I love... I loved... The Sacred Stones. Uh, I played all of the GBA games. I think there's only two. You played the Rekka no Ken, the Sword Fire one. The one that had Roy's dad. Um, no, I don't think Okay. Yeah, I've, I've played a few of them, and I like the formula. I like, I don't like permadeath. Like, I well, understand that the game has it. Well, and then you should pick up the new one, because you could actually turn permadeath off. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not my only complaint about it. It's just that I, the formula... So how I used to play it was, I would... I would, I would get as many characters as I could. You would train them all equally, all and then equally. they wouldn't be strong enough to exactly. fight anything. Yeah. yeah. That only works on certain games. You can't... For example, for the new ones, uh, Conquest and Birthright, you can do that in Birthright, because you could actually replay missions. Ah. But if you do Conquest, it's like you go from chapter to chapter right off the bat. So okay. if you... um. If you try and raise your characters evenly, you're going to get your ass kicked pretty much by chapter 9 or 10. And how far have you gone in I've actually not played it after the first day because I'm going to buy the DLC and I'm going to be training. Mm. Because there's some I like the interactions between the characters almost as much as I like gameplay. And the issue with that is I end up putting like 70 hours into training my characters. Pretty bad. But there's something about playing an actual mission and then getting within the last three steps and then dying because of the one step you didn't see mm. that pisses me off. Okay. Like, that pisses me off more than, say, a, a death in Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Which is surprising. Do you, do you get to save after every turn? Or is it it like auto-saves after every turn. Shit. So it's not like, oh, he's about to die, reset, let's see if we can beat the probability. It saves a probability even before wow. the turn is taken. Damn. They are not forgiving about your fuck ups <laughs> in that game. Okay. Hmm. I feel like I feel like in terms of strategy, Project Cross Zone tried to do that. And they uh, failed miserably. No, what it is with Project Cross Zone is that they do they follow the formula of um what are they called? What's those mech games that they don't bring to America? Oh, I know which one's talking about. Uh, I know which ones. That, I know which ones. I just don't know the name. They're not difficult, but there are so many missions in the game that you lose interest. Like, I, I have Project Cross Zone, and apparently uh, you can download Project Cross Zone too. 
Okay. It's open for download on the on the the DS store and the Nintendo store. And I was like, wait, when, what? What? No. <laughs> because it's like there's 40 missions. It's like, okay, I'm up to mission 23. I'm, I'm done with this. I can't. Mm. I can't do this many missions. It'll really, drive me nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of missions where you know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to kill everybody on the map, and then reinforcements are going to show up. That's every map in that game. That's the complaint that I actually have, oddly enough, with, uh, what do you call it? Dragon Age 2. Ah, really? They do waves in that game for almost every single battle, and it it, it pisses me off after a while. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't own Crosszone. Uh, Danny lent it to me, and I beat that game once, and I was like, okay, it can't be so bad the second time. They must have given me a reward. Uh, no. So I... Go and do another new game, or New Game Plus, I guess. And all they give you is an item that raises your stats by 50% for only one character. And the, char- and the item doesn't make your character OP in any way, because New Game Plus automatically puts you in a harder, like Dark Souls, they up the ante on everything. Yeah. So, it's basically like, play our game again. A more frustrating version. But break your foot before you go into the yeah, battle. Exactly. Like, fuck you. And I actually beat the game twice. I don't know why. It's probably because it was my first. Uh, and like, you were complaining about me playing a masochistic <laughs> game, really, bro? That's, like, way worse. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's like, I tapped out for Project Cross Zone after yeah, a while. I'm yeah. like, oh. I mean, it's because I played it in, like, chunks. And because my brother was. My brother, like, I would do so much bullshit in video games just because my. Uh, baby brother, well, he's not, he's a teenager, but... He's still your baby brother. <laughs> younger brother. Uh, likes it. Like, he loves Mega Man to no end. Like, this man, this, this man, this kid beat Mega Man, this kid knows everything about 1, 2, and 3, uh, not, not, X1, X2, and X3. Like, if you give him Mega Man X1, 2, and 3 right now, he will find every single heart piece, every energy tank, and beat the game. Like, this kid is, like, Rain Man levels of, don't fuck with that. Like, <laughs> this kid will beat those games like that. And I'm like, that's the only thing you can do great. Like, if Rain Man can memorize, like, all the shit that he reads, this kid can beat any Mega Man game ever. And I did that with the Project Cross Zone, because it's like, oh, he likes Mega Man in that game, and he likes a lot of Capcom property, a lot of Capcom characters. And so I trudged through that whole fucking game just because this kid loves Ken, Ryu, Chun-Li, Mega Man, and Zero. For those five characters, I beat that fucking game twice. And I hated it the entire time. You know, at least like in Bloodborne, you love the game. You love what you're playing. I I did it for somebody else. Mm. I didn't do it for myself. I wish I had done it for I can't get that time back now. I'm gonna be on my deathbed and I'm gonna say fuck. Why did I do that? I wish I had a hundred hours back. I could use those one hundred hours to do some amazing shit. Fucking buy a hooker in my ninety-nine year old body and do something. Good to know. You know, that's actually what I would do if I make it to ninety-nine and I'm on. My that's deathbed, the way you would want to go. I want to go with like a lady, like at least giving me a hand job or something. Good. So you want to stick with murder. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much what you're saying at this moment. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I don't think women would go, ah, they've done. Hookers would do 
pretty much anything. They're down for anything. I'm glad that we gave up being a family-friendly show. Just for the record. So much fun. So now we're going to talk about, like, pornography for realsies. Well, we need to debate this with Amanda when she's actually conscious, so... Hey guys, we're going to talk about pornography one of these days. It's going to be fun. And Amanda's smiling in her sleep. I don't know how I should take this. <laughs> how long have we been going? Like. Oh god, we probably have like two hours. Oh god. Let me see. We got an hour and 34 minutes, actually. Good, alright. I think we didn't even, like, intro any of this stuff. We can add it in post. That's what we've been doing lately. <laughs> We might as well, like, just have Siri or somebody do, like, a, a Spanish or a Portuguese <laughs> opening for us. Because we don't even try anymore for that yeah. shit. Alright, so do you have any final words? Any? Amanda, you've been, like, a great help. Do you want to say anything to the folks? No? You just want to sleep on Abraham Lincoln? Okay. Good to know. Alright. Uh, yeah, I don't have any final words. Just expect the... Uh, porn uh, discussion soon. Not even going to say the name of the show? Oh, that's right, yeah. You're listening to The Spectacular something or other. Uh, you can find us at... Uh, my God, it's been so long. Talk show. There it is. Talkshow.com slash... Uh, just type in the search box. Spectacular something or other. You'll find us with our purple like top hat thing. You'll know it's us. Good description. Don't worry about it. You'll know it's us. Or I'll put the knife down. <laughs> no, I didn't even... Did we talk about how I've been, like, fondling this knife ever since we started recording? I pretty much got a Templar knife that I've left on the table just as a negotiating device for when we need to take our breaks. And uh, Rose has just been enjoying it this whole time. Yeah, man. Wait, hold on. I want to see if you can catch the... Don't poke yourself in the eye, please. <laughs> I know you're wearing glasses, but anything is possible. Let's see if you can catch that. I think that's loud enough. Yeah. That's the sound of power. That's the sound of a man enjoying life. I need to get one of these. <laughs> I'm gonna get one of these. This is too good. Oh, God. This is too good. It's probably illegal for me to... Walk through the streets with that. Yeah, but... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it after... Because I don't want people to know my knowledge of knives, which isn't great, but still kind of ah. disconcerting. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you want to do a knives episode once? I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, uh, you can reach us at uh, the spectacular something or other at gmail.com. Uh, our Twitter is at HMS... Spectacular. If you want to talk to me and actually have a knife episode, you can find me on Firagua Riptide on Twitter. Alright. Uh, Amanda, you have anything to say? No? Nothing about the Apocalypse Ponies? Nothing? No? Okay. I guess we're done for today. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram, Spectacular Something. We put up a bunch of pictures often. Very often. Did you even put up pictures of my house yet? Yeah. Like, all my... Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, because I've been cursing you out for, like, the last three weeks nice. about that. Nice. So now I look like an ass. Great. Good to know. I don't take it back, folks. Nah, nah, I know you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, so, you know, send us an email. See if you want us to talk about something in particular, pornography. Oh, God damn it, Ro. <laughs> Damien needs to come back. No, no. Just to keep your stupidity no. in check. Free reign. 
we can talk about anything now. No. Uh, yeah. Hopefully he'll come back soon. And, you know. We'll get Tucson to come over here somehow. <laughs> yeah, I miss those guys. I haven't seen them in forever. I know, right? So yeah, on behalf of the family over here, we'll see you guys uh, next time when we talk about pornography. I already turned it off like two minutes oh, ago. Right. Yeah, because you keep being an ass. All right. Peace, people. <sighs> Yay, you did it. Okay. Another episode down. Uh, I didn't actually turn it off. Oh, you did? No. <laughs> Just to piss you off. Okay, folks, bye. <laughs>